0: welcome to worship we're so glad that you could join us online we want to ask you to join us now in our call to worship what thoughts what prayers can we take to god can Can we we express our our doubts doubts? can Can we we take take to god God our deepest anger? anger God can take it all. God will not disown us or reject us, even when we tell God how much we hurt and how angry we are. I know know my my Redeemer Redeemer lives. lives. When the dust clears, we will rise and we shall see God. Please join us in singing, My Savior Lives.
1: The world will know His name. Everyone together, sing the song of the Redeemer. I know that my
2: Redeemer lives,
3: and now I stand on what He did. My
2: Savior, my Savior lives every day. You are the only
1: way, my savior, my savior. The king has come from heaven, darkness trembles at his name. Victory forever is the song of the dream. I know that
2: my redeemer lives And now I stand on what he did My Savior, my Savior lives Every day a brand new chance to say Jesus, you are the only way My Savior, my Savior lives My Savior is, my Savior
3: is, my Savior your my Savior my nice.
2: You are the only way My Savior, my Savior, Savior lives I know that my Savior lives And I'll my, my Savior, my Savior lives Every day a brand new
3: chance to say
2: Jesus, you are the only way, my Savior, my
3: Savior
1: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was 1991. It was an uncomfortable summer night. A 10 year old girl is trying to get to sleep. She suffers with a, a skin allergy that leaves patches of skin covered with itchy places that don't heal. Rachel doesn't blend in with the other kids, some because of her appearance. She has to also be excused from PE class because of her rashes. In the early 90s when other options weren't available, Her parents were told that she should take vinegar baths that made her smell like vinegar. One more reason for kids to not want to be friends with her. So on this one night, she was just overwhelmed. She couldn't get to sleep. The tears came, and she could not subdue her sobs. And her dad heard her crying. Her dad came to her bedside and said, "'Are, are you okay?' He gently stroked her hair. She, she told him, "'I hate this smell, and it doesn't even help. "'I hurt everywhere.'" Her dad holds her while she cries. "'I'm so sorry.'" She asked, Dad, why does Jesus let this happen to me? That was the big question. Why does God let this happen to a young girl? Her parents had taught her that God is good and everything that God does is good. She asked why, and her dad said this, Rachel, I don't know. But I do know that God loves you. The response from her dad was not what she expected. He was a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. He'd been to seminary. He was supposed to know everything about God. In that moment, it bothered her that he didn't know. But as she got older, she came to see her dad's response as a gift. What she learned is that it's okay to question God, and it's okay to not have all the answers. Rachel became a writer and speaker and has helped many followers of Jesus who've been struggling to deal with their circumstances and come to an understanding, as Rachel did, that no matter your circumstances, God loves you. And you don't have to have God all figured out in order to have a relationship with God. Like Jacob in the Bible, it's okay to wrestle with God. The foundation we can rely on is that even though we don't have all the answers, we can have faith that God still loves us. A little over a year ago, May of 2019, Rachel Held Evans, a 10-year-old girl, all grown up, was hospitalized with an infection. She had an allergic reaction to the antibiotics that made her brain swell, causing seizures. In order to stop the seizures, she was put into a medically induced coma. She did not recover. She passed away at 37, leaving behind a a husband and a three-year-old and an almost one-year-old. Her husband wrote, this gaping, raw wound in my life isn't something I can fix. But I have hope, the kind of stubborn hope that exists in the face of certain tragedy. It's a hope that, that's fulfilled every time I remember that I can still laugh at bad jokes, still be a friend to my friends, and still love my children. It's not a hope that requires life to turn out the way I want. It's not a hope that I have to wait for. It's a hope that takes delight in all the things that are still good. It's a hope I learned from Rachel. This week I have chosen Job as our hero of faith as we continue this series on getting back up. As you can see, Rachel, in some ways, is a modern-day Job. Job was a very wealthy and very godly man. He was a shining example to his friends, his family, his community, what a life of faith is all about. But then tragedy hit. His children all perished in a a windstorm when the house they were in collapsed on top of them. His property burned up in a fire. His livestock were taken. His servants were killed. He suffered with a skin disease. His body was covered in sores. His wife told him he should just curse God and die, and be done with it but he chose another path. He chose to keep believing in God, to keep going to God with all his questions, all his emotion, his anger, his sorrow. There were some friends that came to Job to comfort him while he sat in a heap of ashes on the ground, and he grieved. When they first came to Job, they didn't even recognize him. These friends did the best thing that they could do when they first came. They they covered their heads in ash. And then they sat silently with Job for seven days and seven nights and grieved with him. They should have stopped there. But... They had to open their mouths. They meant well, but they they said things that, well, may have been comfort to them, but were not a comfort to Job. These friends of Job's say things that people still today say in times of grief and pain, such as, everything happens for a reason. God will give you no more than you can bear. God allows suffering to happen to teach us something. God is testing us so that we can come to greater faith. And then there are these inner tapes that we play in our heads. No one says them to us, but we think them. If I had just had more faith, if I had just gone to church more, if I just prayed more, if I'd visited more, if I had, if I had paid more attention, if I'd listened more, maybe, maybe they wouldn't have died. Maybe I wouldn't be in so much pain. We beat ourselves up plenty, all by ourselves, with our thoughts and worries, without needing friends to do it for us but job had these so-called friends eliphaz bildad zophar and elihu after staying quiet for a whole week and just being there in job's grief perfect they open their mouths eliphaz says you reap what you sow he blames job for job's own troubles According to Eliphaz, Job's troubles are his own fault. Not helpful. Bildad says, when your children sinned against God, God gave them over to the penalty of their sin. It's the children's fault. This is a horrible explanation. This is not our idea of God. Zophar has some advice for Job. All that is happening to him is a reminder that he needs to repent. He tells Job, get yourself right with God. Come clean. When when you do, you'll get over your grief and pain as if it was just water under the bridge. And Elihu stops to tell Job to, well, to stop criticizing God that he's getting what he deserves. None of these arguments are helpful to Job. It's as if his friends had this intense need to defend God, and there's no need. God is quite capable of defending God's self. So Job, very different from the friends, lets God have it. All his hurt, all his anger. Job pours out the deepest secrets of his heart, wishing he had never been born. He tells God that he's unfair, that he treats the righteous just as badly as he treats the wicked. In fact, worse. Job says, why do the wicked live, grow old, and even become strong? Job even goes through all the major sins that people frequently fall into, namely lust, deceit, adultery, misusing the land, neglecting the widow, the orphan, the refugee, hiding sin. And Job recounts for God that he has resisted all of these sins. He is squeaky clean. Job passes every test. He's righteous, he's pure, he's generous, and he remains faithful to God, though he is suffering deeply. Which brings us back to the question that Rachel asked when she was just 10 years old. Why did Jesus let this happen? And for Job, why does God let this happen? Rachel cries out for all of us, and Job cries out for all of us. Why does God let this suffering, pain, starvation, genocide, coronavirus, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, accidents, natural disasters, all of it happen? We learn from Job that it's not to teach us a lesson, not to awaken us to our sin, not to punish us, not to test our faith, but why? God shows up in a whirlwind. God speaks to Job. But God's words sound very harsh. God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? God reveals to Job the mysteries of creation and science, the vastness and complexity of the universe. And it's more than Job can comprehend. God discounts every argument of Job's so-called friends. And when God is done speaking, Job says to God, I've heard your voice. And now my eyes, the eyes of my soul have seen you. Therefore, I relent and find comfort on dust and ashes. God appeared to Job Job heard God and saw God with his own eyes, the eyes of his soul. And Job's response to God was total humility. Humility is the key. Job's friends lacked humility. They thought they had all the answers. They thought they had God figured out, that they knew that God was locked into justice and and wrath and punishment for sin. They thought they understood how the world works and how sin works and how evil works. Job wanted God to explain God's side, but more than that, if God couldn't have his children back, Job just wanted God. For God to show up and show Job that that God really cared. And that's what Job got. God showed up. And Job's response was humility. In Jesus Christ, God has continued to bring an answer for all the questions that Job had for God. Jesus is the answer for our suffering and death. Jesus is God's response to all the whys we ask. And when I say it, that Jesus is the answer, I'm not saying that you just just believe in Jesus and everything's going to be all right. No, when I say Jesus is the answer, what I'm saying is God, God comes to us in humility to enter into our suffering with us, your grief, my grief, and to face head on the hurt and evil of this world, to guard the heart and mind and, and body of every abducted child and every child that dies, to face up to the pain of every broken heart, to carry the pain of all the wise we ask, and on the cross, to take the blame for everything that's gone wrong in our world, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ give us, gives us a glimpse that God in Jesus is in the process of making things right. Many battles will be lost. It seems that evil has the upper hand, and in this process of making the world right, it's, it's, it's going very slowly. But the resurrection shows us that there is something greater, more powerful, more enduring than any evil in our universe. There is revealed in the resurrection all love, all life, that transcends all evil and all death. Now, I don't know if my observations from the book of of Job and my reflections on Jesus as God's ultimate response are a help to you or not. I realize there are still many unresolved questions and unresolved hurt. The Apostle Paul in the Bible says, Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. I share these things with you out of humility, knowing that I don't have all the answers, knowing I see in a mirror dimly. But I believe that God loves you, and God will never leave you to suffer alone, and one day you will see God face to face. You'll be loved, forgiven, and made whole. The world will be made right. And God will welcome you home. Amen.
2: Saw me with the eternal eyes while I was yet in sin. Redeemer, save your friend. Every scrap upon your battered back, every thought
1: Every nail drove
2: deep through guiltless hands. Said that your love knows no end.
3: Redeemer, save your friend.
2: Redeemer, redeem my heart again. Save. Come and shelter me from sin, you're familiar with my weakness, devoted to the end. Redeemer, Savior, friend, so that grace you poured upon my life will turn to you in prayer. So let me lay down on my crowns for the name by which I'm saved. Redeemer, save your friend. Redeemer, redeem my heart again. Save your friend. Come and shelter me from sin, you're familiar with my weakness, devoted to the end.
0: Let us pray. Lord our God, we rejoice that we may be called your children. In our weakness, we ask you to shelter us in your hands and strengthen us in the hope and faith that our lives will surely go the right way, not not through our own strength, but through your protection. Grant that through your spirit we may come to know more and more that you are with us. Help us to be alert in our daily life, to listen whenever you want to say something to us. Oh, Lord, reveal the power and glory of your kingdom to us. Reveal it throughout the earth. This day we bring to you the family of Gloria Shoemaker, we lift up the family of our brother Mervyn Hennis, who was in hospice care with stage four brain cancer and now is at home in heaven, having passed into your eternal care, Lord. We pray that you will comfort them with the promise of your resurrection hope through Jesus Christ, your Son. And we pray for all of those that are in need of your intervention, O oh Lord. We continue to lift up Kelly Lastman as she battles COVID-19 in New York, and we pray for all of those affected by this virus in our area, our country, and all around the world. We lift up to you Jerry Hahn, who is hospitalized and being treated for an infection and having tests for his heart. And we pray that the medication will continue to do its work. We pray for good results from the test. We pray for healing and for wholeness. And we pray for Gene who can't be in the hospital with Jerry right now and just pray that you would be with them and strengthen them. We lift up to you, Phyllis Weiss, and just pray an outpouring of your strength Like a healing balm to pour over her, she continues to recover from pneumonia. And Heavenly Father, we are mindful that there are increasing numbers of persons who have lost their jobs due to the effects of the virus. And we just ask that you lead them to a job that's suited for their needs, one that's stable, that will pay the bills and place food on the table for their family. We pray for our economy, Lord. We bring all of these concerns to you, knowing that you care, that you listen, and that you are a powerful and mighty God. And we come not only with these concerns, but with joy as well, Lord, for the many blessings that you pour out upon us. We especially celebrate Cooper Humphreys and Courtney E. Wedding that's coming up this weekend and pray that your blessings will be upon them and their families as they gather together Oh God, we thank you for those times this week where we smiled and laughed those times of friendship We enjoyed; those times when we appreciated the beauty of nature when we felt peace in our hearts when we paused to be grateful for the life you gave us for all of these and so much more We do know we are truly blessed. But we also thank you for your presence with us in days of difficulty and struggle. For the times when we have been less than our best, Lord, you did not turn away from us. We were never alone. Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to direct and watch over us, to comfort us in all our afflictions to defend us from all error, and to lead us into all truth. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses,
1: God meet you in every setback and every heartbreak. May Jesus' sacrifice reassure you that you are loved and you are forgiven. And may the Holy Spirit give you hope that you will be healed of all pain and grief. The world will be made right. And God, one day, will welcome you home. Amen.